0: Good evening. Good evening. I know you're singing a little louder and we're raising up a hallelujah tonight. Come on, Lord. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you so much for who you are, God, for your faithfulness. Come on. Can someone just thank God right now for his consistency of character, (laughs) for his consistency of goodness? He is good all the time and all the time. He is good. So, Father, we do bless you. We love you tonight. We appreciate you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So I want to say welcome to you as well tonight. Come on, welcome to Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. Go ahead and just shake off the day right now. For those that may have had something to kind of rest, go ahead and sing a little louder. Go ahead and just lift up a hallelujah. I don't have to sing anything right now. You've got the atmosphere on the inside of you that gets released out of your mouth when you are praising God, knowing, that's going to be a good word tonight, knowing that he is here, knowing that he honors his word, knowing that where we are gathered together all across the country, I'm going to just say that, all across the country in the name of Jesus, that he said that I will be in the midst and I inhabit, I inhabit, we talk about habitation, right? Well, if you want to continue to cultivate habitation, if you want to continue to cultivate praise that is beyond circumstances, praise that is beyond situations, because your praise is supernatural. Come on, someone say, my praise is supernatural. Lord, so we say hallelujah, hallelujah in the name of Jesus. And we have a reason to praise. He is our reason to praise. There's nobody like him. So, again, I want to say, welcome on and give some people a moment to be able to come on in and just get yourself together in the name of Jesus. And we're just going to bless the name of the Lord. I don't know if I've sung this song, I actually wanted to do it some time ago. Uh, But you know, it's just kind of just a shift in things. But you know, it's this song called Evidence. And it's just such an encouraging song just about how we have evidence. I know you got people that are looking for this and looking for that, but I'm telling you that we have evidence in Jesus Christ. He is our reason, He is my reason. He is your reason. He is our reason for praise and worship. He is worthy of our praise. And so uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, sing along with uh, Josh Baldwin uh, with this song right here, Evidence, and we're going to get into our word tonight. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. You can continue to just bless God. We bless you, Lord. We honor you. We praise your name. We love you, Jesus. There is nobody like you. You are God, and you are God alone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, just even with the fruit of your lips right now. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we appreciate you. God, you are the King of kings, and you are the Lord of lords. You are matchless, God, and we exalt you in the name of Jesus. We ascribe to you praise. We ascribe to you your worth, God. You are worthy. You are worthy, and there is none like you. You are holy. <laughs> yeah. All throughout my history, your faithfulness walks beside me.
1: Your faithfulness is walking beside me.
0: The winter storms give way to spring.
1: The winter storms make way for spring.
0: In every season, from where I'm standing, in every season, from where I'm standing,
1: yeah. I see the evidence of your goodness uh, all over my life. Oh. All over my life. I love this part right here, yeah. I see your promises and fulfillment all over my life all over my
0: life help me remember when I'm weak help me remember when I'm weak fear may come but fear will leave
1: the fear may come but fear will leave you lead my
0: heart to victory yes you do God you lead my heart to victory you are my strength and you always will be you are
1: my strength and you always will be, yeah. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. Come on, we see it, Lord. All over my life. Oh, I see your promises, yeah. I see your promises and fulfillment all over my life. All over my life. Huh. Come on. You see the cross, the empty grave, (laughs) the evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away because of you, oh Jesus. You see the cross, the empty grave, the evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away. Because if you want Jesus, whoa, I see the evidence of your goodness yeah. all over my life, yeah. all over my life. Mm. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life. Come on, every word. All over my life, hey, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. Yes, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life. All over my life. You're all around this Lord. So why should I fear? No. Oh. oh, the evidence is here.
0: Oh, that's faith, yeah.
1: Why should I fear? Oh, the evidence is here.
0: Uh, (laughs) That faith is the evidence. It is the evidence. It is the confirmation of things hoped for and things not seen. But again, we see his promises in fulfillment all over our life. And you see it more and more in his presence because the Lord begins to just show his faithfulness. He begins to show his goodness. He begins to reveal his love and who he is and and what we have that is available to us and for us as part of our inheritance, as part of our heritage as sons and daughters. I'm telling you, you and I, somebody say, I have the supernatural advantage. Oh, can you say that again? Say, I have the supernatural advantage, and you're going to see tonight just a freshly how it just kind of shows up in a variety of different ways. So again, Lord, we honor you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you're here by your spirit. And because of that, all things are possible, God. And we believe. (laughs) We believe. Somebody just make it personal. Say, I believe. I believe all things are possible. Oh, say it again. I believe all things are possible in and through Christ Jesus. God, so we thank you, Lord, for your possibilities made available tonight. Holy Spirit, we bless you for your presence. We bless you for your ministry, being the revelator, being the teacher, being the convictor, being the comforter. And we thank you for shedding light on the mind of God and his word. In Jesus' name, as we ascend, we bless you uh, uh, for the fruit and for the result, God, and for transformation by your grace. Amen. Glory to God. Well, You know, it's on, it is good. I'm excited to be uh, amongst us tonight. And uh, we, we got some things to be able to share and release tonight. So I pray, I know, matter of fact, I just declare that every heart is open to receive In Jesus' name. And so uh, if you saw the thumbnail, tonight we're actually gonna be talking about our supernatural advantage. And so there's gonna be uh, some correlation as it pertains to our our working as well. There is a testimony that I wanna share uh, in connection to some of the things uh, that are part of our advantage. There's some things that God already placed upon my heart excuse me, (laughs) a while ago to share tonight. And then I heard a testimony, you know, in between that time. And I'm like, oh, can you type that up for me? Uh, Because that'll just be so good for people to hear. Because the Lord cares about every aspect and every facet of our life. Amen. So what we're doing, again, we are coming up on probably the conclusion, I think. I don't know. Uh, But talking about work, right? Right. It is time to work, time to work for opportunities to reveal the King because, oh yeah, God wants to be revealed in every situation. And so we have an advantage in our work. We have an advantage in every facet, in every aspect of our life. So somebody just point to yourself right now and say, I have the supernatural advantage. Oh, let's make that declaration one more time because faith gets built up in saying it twice or more. I have... The supernatural advantage. So before we get to our scripture tonight, we're going to be just in one chapter, looking at uh, you know a few verses. You know, I'm going to go line by line, uh, kind of a continuation from this past Sunday as well too, when we talked about the prophetic edge. And so we do have an advantage tonight. But let's set this up by looking at the Merriam-Webster. Dictionary definition. I actually just want to take a look at just the first definition. There were three that were quite interesting, but there was one that really just kind of jumped out to me. Yeah, so the Merriam Webster uh, defines the word advantage, defines the word advantage, at least the first definition. It says this advantage means superiority of position or condition. Oh, that'd be good to write down. Advantage means Superiority of position or condition. Superiority of position or condition. That's what it means for something or to someone to be in advantage or to have an advantage. It means that you have superiority of position or condition. Now, what is interesting, because you know the dictionary normally gives sentences. Uh, To provide context of what a definition would mean, so it gives this in the Merriam-Webster and uh, you know dictionary. It gives this sentence for this first definition. For example, let me say it one more time. Advantage means superiority of position or condition. And this is the example of the sentence. Higher ground gave the enemy the advantage. That's the example that they gave there. Higher ground gave the enemy the advantage, or let me just say that word advantage now with the definition. Higher ground gave the enemy the superiority of position or condition. And so they, we're, we're alluding that to, of course, in context as it pertains to just warfare. You know, it's usually strategic uh, to be in a higher position. Um, you, you know, I'm not going all into that why, but it's usually more strategic to have an advantage to be in a higher position. But what I found interesting was that when it was talking about this specific example, I thought it was interesting that they used the term enemy of having the higher ground and use the term enemy of having the advantage. Now, when we look across society, you could just look with your natural eye and think, oh yeah, that definition is definitely the truth because we're in such a godless nation. We're in such a godless world. As people might say, there's so many godless things going on. And it's, Truth be told, we know that's not godless. The, the the earth is full of His glory, but they don't see that. But anyways, if you just see it with the natural eye, if you just look around, if you just by happen chance or by happenstance to hear the news, do not fill your side note. Do not fill your mind with a bunch of uh, local news or national. Don't no, no, don't fill your life up with that. Okay, we want to fill it up with the good news. But if you were to look at that, then you would just just think. It's like, oh, man, you know, the enemy has the advantage or the world has the advantage. And so many people go along life and conducting their life thinking that way. And they pray from that perspective of saying, oh, the enemy has the higher ground. I'm just in a low position. No, but that's not going to be the case tonight because somebody say again, I have the supernatural advantage. And so I'm just going to let you know ahead of time, I'm going to be saying that quite a bit tonight. And we're going to be saying that statement quite a bit tonight because it's going to drill in and it's going to anchor down on some things. And so many people look at the world system and say that it's run by godless people and its influences seem to be dominant and prevalent. But I'm telling you, here's another thing that I'm going to keep saying. We have a solution that the world needs and it's in the spirit. Yep. The solution is is in the Spirit. The solution is in the Spirit, so that's why we want to pray. So I want to invite you and encourage you. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6. That's the only place where we're going to be tonight. I might mention something else, but uh, but that's the only place we're going to be tonight. And remember, we were in 2 Kings chapter 6 on this past Sunday. So, okay, that's 1 Kings. Uh, we're going to continue there, but we're just going to look at this next section. So remember, we talked about the floating um, axe head and the prophetic uh, edge and, 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 trees coming down and so many things that took place from this past, uh, Sunday, uh, but we do have an advantage. So again, while we look at the world system and how all these different things might seem like they have the advantage, I am telling you, I'm telling you, and we know this, that the system of the world within this past year or come, yeah, past year and a few months now has been shaken. The world system globally has been shaken. And then one of the things that you might have noticed, I know I've experienced this uh, and that actually wasn't the reason why. But I noticed this once we started talking about work, um, working for opportunity to reveal the king and then even work and just in an employment sense that there are a lot of for higher signs. Right. (laughs) There are a lot of for higher signs. As a matter of fact, uh, okay, I'm not going to get to that point. I'm not going to get there yet. But the systems have been shaken. The systems have been shaken, but we live in an unshakable kingdom. So we're going to take, we looked at verse one through seven on Sunday, but now we're going to look at verse eight, uh, through 23, but I'm going to pause from some sections here because there's three particular advantages that I want us to see that we have available to us in the kingdom. Now there's three that we're going to talk about tonight. There are actually more advantages that we have, but these three that I think in particular are something that, uh, really kind of like a bedrock, so to speak. And so we're going to take a look, continuation of the life and the man of God, the prophet Elisha, very powerful person. And so just a little bit more about Elisha. Elisha, remember, he asked his mentor, his spiritual father, so to speak, his mentor, um, when Elijah was getting ready to be, um, to leave the earth, you know, his ministry, his portion was done. He was going back to the father. And uh, Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah's life. And then Elijah said, oh, that was a hard thing. But if you happen to be here with me when I get taken away, then, you know, Lord willing, it is yours. And so that's what took place. So we have a record of Elijah doing some phenomenal miracles. But because Elisha served him faithfully and had his mantle wound up and asked for a double portion ask for a double portion of the mantle, ask for a double portion of the anointing, he actually wound up, as a result, doing twice as many miracles as Elijah. And so he did some stuff that may, may seem great, may seem small, but I'm telling you, it was all miraculous, the man of God. And so he just walked in the supernatural, which is available to us still today through Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's actually more readily available to continue to walk in, but let's look at some of these advantages here and it'll be real plain and and Lord willing, uh, we'll be able to break it down and just kind of make it practical for, um, for some to kind of really digest as well. All right. So verse eight, uh, let me read this first portion right here. Verse eight through 12. Now the King of Syria was making war against Israel And he consulted, this is the king of Syria, and he consulted with his servant, saying, My camp will be in such and such and such a place. And the man of God, Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there. Not just once or twice. okay. so now uh, before I finish that part, 11, 12, we know that this this king of Syria, he was making war. And then the man of God, Elisha, the seer, the prophet, was telling the king of Israel, hey, I'm just going to give you a heads up. If you send your troops here or if you send your troops in in that position, then the king of Syria and his men are already going to be there. And so if this happened again. The Bible mentions not just once or twice. So this was something that was just consistently happening. Whenever the king of Syria was trying to king of Syria was trying to set some things up, Elisha already saw. Elisha heard. So we're going to continue on here, verse eleven. So this didn't happen more than once. This happened, you know, consistently. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So he's thinking there's a spy in the camp. Verse 12, and we're going to stop there. And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. My God. So they telling him right now, it's like, look, there's this prophet that the king of Israel has named Elisha. And he is telling the king of Israel the things that the conversation that you're having so much. So it'll be even even in your private chambers. But it's known, but it is known to Elisha. And so he's already telling the king of Israel, even before you begin to make moves (laughs) to to, to set up a trap in a certain situation, Elisha has already told the king of Israel. So one of our primary spiritual advantages in any situation that we have access to that is available to us is this ability, is this a supernatural ability of knowing. Somebody say knowing. Knowing is such a powerful thing. Knowing is such a key thing that is, a, that is available to us. It is available. So again, we look at this situation where Elisha is not in the presence of the king of Syria or physically in the presence of the king of um, Israel at that time, but he's sending a word. But he's having this gift, if you will. He has, it's not if you will, as a matter of fact, it is a gift. He has this gift of being able to know, to be able to know something that is not told to him, right? Right? That is not told to him, but he's getting this insight. And so, again, we have a supernatural advantage. When we look at the world, the world runs off of information. And, of course, now you see more and more so, they actually run off of a lot of misinformation. And then they receive that and they put that out there. But let's just go back to information. So they run off of information and then they also need a bunch of proof in order for them to know something. It's like, okay, I need proof and I need information for that. But what we have for our supernatural advantage, what we should be living by is not just information. That's one level. That's okay. But we have a higher, we have the higher ground. We have the stronger position. We have the higher and the superior condition and this is called revelation. Oh, can somebody just thank God right now? Say, Lord, I thank you for revelation. And so what you see here, the king of Israel is now getting revelation, of course, through Elijah, but he's getting revelation of how to position himself, how to position his troops, how to position the city for protection, right? and what things need to be done. And how many times do we come across a situation where we're trying to figure something out, and so we have the information, we gather the information that is in front of us, we have some of the different natural evidences that can try to help us, but what we need to do, if we're still stuck, we need to actually go and live off a higher ground. It's like, God, I thank you for this information, I thank you for this insight, but Lord, I... Lord, I thank you for what is presented before me. I've I've, I've gathered this. I've done my research. But, Lord, I still need revelation. I still need your insight so that way I know how to position myself. I know how to maneuver. I know where I need to be and where I don't need to be. And so we thank God for revelation. Oh, we need revelation. That's part of that knowing And then we know that it's through that revelation that comes in connection with the Spirit of God, because that's one of the ministries, that's one of the things, I even said it in a prayer. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, I thank you for you being the revelator. That's something that the Holy Spirit does, so that way we don't remain in the dark, that we're not turning in a direction that we don't need to turn in, or even if it's a direction that we need to turn in, then that we're not turning at the wrong timing. This seems real simple, but it was something that was kind of revelatory based upon something that I had witnessed before, right? So even on my way uh, here tonight, you know, there's uh, there's a left turn that I have to make to get on a certain bypass. And then while I'm making that left turn, you know, the traffic is a little funny. So there's there's two lanes that are coming in the opposite direction. And so depending on the traffic... Uh, one of the lanes, uh, you know, the cars are kind of just waiting, so they can't go any further. But the lane next to them, which happens to be their right lane out of the two lanes, the cars can keep coming because that's not a turning lane. That's something that keeps straight. But from my position, when I'm trying to turn left, I can't see them or nobody can really see them. So I remember it was on a Wednesday night, maybe about a month ago, maybe a little over a month now, uh, where there was this car that was in front of me coming to find out uh, my wife actually has a connection with this person, I didn't know. So it was just something that I just saw. But the person uh, was just making a left and then they just turned and then the car that was coming didn't see them and then you just saw her crash and it was just a violent accident. Thankfully, everybody was okay. Uh, the, the lady, the whole nine, but you know, they're turning without being able to see. And so now I'm in that same position as well. And then that person, the person now uh, that's kind of waiting, that's in their turning lane from that sense, they're kind of waiting and they're just waving me on. So they're waving me on, but I still couldn't see that other side. So they're waving me on. Now, here's the thing if, they, if I would have gone by what they were saying, there was a car coming right up and speeding right past, and I would have been in that same condition of being in an accident if I would have gone by that. But because of what I witnessed and because of this understanding, I was like, nah, God, I didn't have a good sense. I was like, "Uh, I know he's saying I can go, but I didn't have a check that I needed to be turning at that time. And then sure enough, the guy, I saw him, he looked up in his mirror, and then he saw another car coming at the same time while he was waving me on. That seems like a simple thing, but that's something that pertains to revelation and getting insight and some of the things that God looks to protect us from. That's part of that knowing, even though we might not necessarily know, but there's a knowing that is available to us. There's a revelation uh, that we have. As a matter of fact, David, uh, I don't know if I wrote this down Yes. Yeah, so David says this, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Psalms 141 9, he says, keep me from the snares they have laid for me. And from the traps of the workers of iniquity. And so that's what David is saying. Even when there's stuff that I can't see, God, I thank you, Lord, for keeping me uh, from the traps of people that are working against me. You know, we recently, you know, uh, shout out to everyone uh, that was part of Bounty Grace that was able to go see uh, the Sight and Sound Theaters production of Esther yesterday. And we know the story about Esther, but, uh, you know, Their production was just so excellent and it was so phenomenal. So let me just do a little plug. If you've never uh, gone to Sight and Sound Theaters, I just want to encourage you, do yourself a favor. It'll bless your heart. I don't care what story or what account that they uh, reenact, it's going to be a phenomenal experience and it'll bless your life. But anyways, you know, we saw that and we know the story about Haman setting a trap and all that and how God hooked some things up. And how Mordecai was still standing in faith and how Esther, not fully knowing, but knowing, it's like, hey, you know, what? (laughs) she didn't know what was going to happen to her, but she knew that she had to obey God. And she's like, well, hey, let's fast and pray. And so that's another little thing to help with the knowing. You could have all the information that is presented before you, but it's like, God, you know, I know there needs to be a decision that needs to be made. Or I'm believing for a certain result. Let me fast and let me pray for the revelation. And so that's one of the things that helps with the knowing. If you come to a wall, if you come to a block, one of the things that helps with the breakthrough is fasting and prayer. And so we don't see that in this particular scripture, um, but that's just something just to help somebody out. um, As a word of knowledge, I believe, that'll help somebody right there. Or maybe that's probably more so wisdom. (laughs) It's like, hey, Maybe you've kind of come to things like, man, I still don't know what to do. Then it'd be a good opportunity to just turn your plate down for a day or maybe two or three. Or for a meal, whatever the case may be, be led on that. So that way the Lord can reveal to you some things that will cause you to ascend in the spirit to go to an even higher ground. So that way you have that supernatural knowing. And so there's nothing like knowing. I'm spending some time on this because it's very important. And I'm talking about knowing from different dimensions, from different uh, elements. So now when we look at Elisha, I think one of the things that helped in him being able to know, just one of the things, it could be a small factor or a big factor or that, I'm not sure. But one of the things is knowing who he was and what he received. Oh, they say this, if you know, you know. (laughs) If you know, Elisha knew that he had the anointing, he had the mantle, he had experienced some things. He had witnessed some things that had already taken place. He knew knew some things about what God had given him a mandate and anointing to be able to do. So when, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to work within that confidence of knowing. Can I say that? You got to work within the confidence of knowing. And then as you know, you'll know. And somebody can just even say this, even if I don't know, I know. Because when we know God, when we know him, then as we are following him, then we're going to come into knowing what we need to know. That's just one of the beautiful things about it. There are certain things that I think about just even for family decisions that I have to make. And it's like, man, you know what, Lord? I don't know, but I know. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how these things are going to happen or how this is going to take place or how this is going to be lined up. But Lord, I have this knowing. Can't quite fully explain it, but I have this confidence. And so with that, it's still being led. And then I'm going to come to know some things that I didn't know before. And so it's in that, in that place and in that position. So God, I thank you, Lord, for just a greater sense of knowing. Knowing in identity, being confident in that, being confident of this particular very thing. And then we'll come into the knowing of what we need to know. And I know some of you have even experienced this. And if you haven't, then you just may at some point. But some people have had such a sense of like, man, I just got a sense that somebody's talking about me. (laughs) Or sometimes you may have a sense of a certain conversation and you weren't even there. I I know I I just know I'm not permitted to particularly speak on these particular uh, things because the areas were sensitive. But I I, I know I've experienced some stuff where I was there, but I wasn't there. And then I wind up saying something to the person um, and then they're looking at me like, how did you know? And I'm like, I didn't know, but I know. And then I'm regurgitating back to them some of the same things that came out of their mouth and I wasn't even there. And so then I was able to share some counseling, even to be then able to share some things and some stuff was a little convicting. um, But it was like, hey, you know what? Because God loves you, he's not just gonna let that stay in the dark. So that way you don't get caught up in a trap. So I'm sharing that with that person and oh my goodness. But that comes with knowing. So it's like, God, I thank you, Lord, but I'm going to work with the confidence that I have and I'm not going to cast that away. I have the supernatural ability to know. So now when someone comes up and tells you to, to, and ask you, it could be in business, it could be in family, it could be in whatever the case may be. Man, what are we going to do? Where are we going? Man, you know what? I don't know, but I know. I got this feeling, and I know it's going to be good. I know we're going to be set up. We're going to be right where we need to be when we need to be there. And along the way, God is going to protect us. And he's going to position us to be in a superior position and in a superior condition. That's our advantage to know. So say right now, one more time, say, it is my advantage to know. All right. So here we go. Verse 13 through 17. So he said, this is the king of Syria. So now he's talking to that servant that was just saying, hey, Elisha's and so many words, man, that brother been in your bedroom. So now the king of Syria says, verse 13 through 17. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Here they thought they was going to not be seen, right? So they feel like, man, Elisha's knowing all this stuff. Let's come to him by night. Verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, right? And his servant said to him, alas, my master, What shall we do? Now listen to the response of the one who has this knowing. So he, Elisha, answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Oh, let me pause this for a moment. I know we know verse 17, but let me just pause for a moment. Here you have Elisha. You have the servant that comes out in the morning, sees this great army surrounding the city, comes to Elisha, was like... Look, I know they're here for us. Man, what are we gonna do? And then Elisha, in so many words, tells him, It's like, look, don't be afraid. I know what you're seeing, but there are actually more with us than there are with them. So somebody just get a vision of that right now. No matter what the circumstances that it seem like that it is surrounding you, just know that there is more with you than there are with that. Okay, and then verse 17, I'm gonna stop there. And Elisha prayed. And said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Ah, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Oh, my gosh. The servant of Elisha, his eyes were open. Physically. His eyes were physically open, but Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. His eyes were physically open. He saw, but Elisha wasn't even concerned with what he saw. He said, Lord, open his eyes. I know what he's seeing, but he's not seeing. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Oh, so now can somebody say that right now? Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Hmm. Open my eyes that I may see that there was more for me that that, that stands against me. And so what did the young man see? He began to see what Elisha saw. He began to see, hey, he saw beyond Syria and he saw the supernatural advantage. And so what we do have, I'm just going to kind of label it this way. Okay, one, so we have the advantage of knowing, but we also have the angelic advantage. Oh, we are not alone. You have the angelic advantage. (laughs) You have the angelic advantage. Somebody say, I have the angelic advantage. Okay, so now let me get to this uh, statement uh, while we were at uh, Esther. And after we left Esther, you know, there was a restaurant that I had called and I was put on hold for several minutes and I was like, man, by the time, because uh, you know we wanted to eat afterwards, I was like, well, man, by the time that it takes for me to get there, I might as well just hang up because I've been on the phone five minutes and it's only like 10 minutes away. So I just drove up there, pulled up uh, with family and I was like, yeah, do y'all have seating for 10? And the person was like, oh, you must have been a person. And he's like, oh, yeah, you spoke to me. So I didn't even address that. I was like, why are you leaving me on the phone for so long when you're standing right here? But anyways. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, you spoke to me. She began to explain to, explain to me and it's like, yeah, you know, what? we don't have any help. <laughs> we can't even seat 10. We only have one person that is available. And so as a result, there was like, I was like, oh, well, can we just split our group up into five by five? They were like, no, this person's actually new. And so they got to work the bar and they got to work the people here and so they can only do a table of four. And so in essence, we actually had to get turned around. And so I had a conversation with my parents earlier, and so it was another restaurant that they were going, trying to go to for breakfast, and they had experienced the same thing. And so now, you've seen it, there's so many signs that say for hire, or now hiring, meaning that people need employees. These companies are saying, hey man, we got some things that we want to be able to serve, some products or services that we want to be able to provide for our community, but we need some help. We need somebody that's just gonna be a part and saying, hey, I can help do this and we'll pay you as a result. So there's a couple of different things that I wanna say here uh, in that regards, but one, there are some things that we have available to us that I don't believe are being employed in the way in which they need to be employed. One, we need to employ our faith. <laughs> at another dimension, we need to employ our faith. In other words, we don't need to be for higher, but we need to go higher. (laughs) And we need to employ our faith, but here's one major reason why. That's an advantage to us. We need to employ our faith, so that way we can deploy the angelic advantage that we have. Ah, I need to drill this particular point in, because you and I, must come to a greater revelation, a greater knowing that we have an angelic advantage. Some people might say, oh no, no, they're they're God's angels. True enough, absolutely. But they're actually here in this earth realm, many are on assignment. And what is their assignment? What is their mission? Mission, what is their ministry to God? Remember their, their, their flames of fire serving God? So one of their mission is to serve and aid and assist we who are, are, are heirs of salvation. That is their assignment. And so there's some angels right now saying, like, man, I need to be employed. or well, I need to be deployed. So I'm sure e- Elisha, remember, He prayed. He was like, Lord, I ain't even paying attention to this army. I'm not even paying attention to what's surrounding me. I'm not even paying attention to the noise or to the setup or to the king of Syria that is trying to come to attack me. You know, you don't have to pay attention to the attacks of people. The accusations, let me put it in this way, because we we don't experience these kind of attacks. (laughs) But there are accusations and false accusations that might come. You don't have to pay attention to that. It's like, Lord, I pray right now that you open my eyes that I might see. That there was more for me that stands against me. And so these chariots that are showing up that Elisha is seeing, these ain't just regular chariots that the Syrian army had. These are chariots of fire. That that just lets you know that, man, there's the host, those warring angels that are there. And then look at it, because the Bible says this, and I love it. Not that, not that um, the Syrian army was there, but you, we don't have to show it. But I just want to read it, uh, verse 17, and it says, "And behold, the mountain, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha." Hmm. Woo! Somebody shouting to God, because you are surrounded. But you got to see that you have an angelic advantage. You don't have to go anywhere and be afraid if God told you to go there. Because you have the angelic advantage. Mm, And I love it because the Bible specifically said it's like, hey, you know, the Syrian Mount, the Syrian army. Yeah, they're in the mountains, but they don't have the higher ground. They don't have the advantage. <laughs> Who has the advantage? In this text, Elisha does. Who has the advantage today? We do. You know, oh, man, we got such the superiority of position and condition. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can't get no higher than that. Mm. Okay, so again, we have an angelic uh, uh, advantage, we have an angelic Advantage, so now let me read this testimony to you This is powerful, this is Something that showed up on the workplace, and so this Comes from our dear sister Lestra Alright, so Here we go, she said, so From March 23rd This is talking about, okay I'm just gonna read it and then you'll catch it So from March 23rd, 2020 When the city locked down and Businesses had to close, I was left in The office by myself, I've You know, took some excerpts from here. The office, before COVID, had three people, myself and two part-time assistants. For months after that, I became overwhelmed, frustrated because I was now doing the work of three people. And because of the new normal with COVID restrictions, more projects were being added almost every day upon my already heavy workload. I began to get and feel overwhelmed with less help and more projects coming in. My attitude was not good. I was short with my boss and not liking where I was at at all. I recognized what was happening six months into the office shutting down, and I was the only one working in the office for a long time. Then I asked if I could work from home and take some of the equipment with me. And so those things, I'm paraphrasing, those things took a different turn. Uh, And so she decided to go back into the office. So I was alone in the office, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Although I was alone in the office, the workload began piling up and there were times that I did not eat lunch or even go to the restroom. The workload was so that I was staring at the computer for a solid eight hours, and you know that is exhausting. I began, it began affecting my eyes by 3 p.m. I was like, this is not working. (laughs) This is not working. I asked for a computer shield to help my eyes. but then some other things uh, didn't take place. And so this went on until about March, 2021. So you had things stacked up against her. But one day, check this out. One day I got into the office and said to the Lord, Father, I don't like my attitude. Oh, this is so powerful. She wasn't just looking at the external stuff. She began to start to say, hey, you know what? I'll, because these things shouldn't dictate how I, my disposition. So she said, Father, I don't like my attitude. But I am overwhelmed and not enjoying this anymore. I was so tired when I got home, all I wanted to do was go to sleep. So I asked the Lord to send angels to help me. (laughs) So I asked the Lord to send angels to help me because I don't know how much longer I can continue. It was not long for him to respond to my surprise. (laughs) I believe he was testing me in my faith. In about two days, I went into the office, and truthfully, something felt different as I opened the door. Things felt lighter, like some was in, like someone was in there cleaning up the office. I believe those angels were working overnight in the place. I sat down and typed up a sign, and this is just what the sign said, Lord, you are my help and shield. I put it above my head in front of my desk. So I can see it at all times. And then I started working and by 10 a.m. I was like, what? I finished and I had to, what she had to do. And then she she's like, well, I guess I can just relax now and started working at 830 a.m. And so basically she had completed all her assignments by 10. <laughs> what normally would have taken a whole day. And so she says this, this is great. I have angels helping me. I started praising and thanking God and dancing around the office. I was looking around the office and just smiling and thanking God constantly. I took my lunch and from that day, no more not taking lunch. And this is to encourage somebody. She says this, if I feel overwhelmed, I just say, Lord, help. And all things are in order. No more frustration and attitude. Since then, the workload has decreased, but the work has not. There was always another project. The weight of the work is no longer present. I feel the pressure and weight lift off. It's tremendous freedom of weights. To this day, those angels are still in the office assisting me. Come on. So we see this is even in a workplace scenario where there was a point of being overwhelmed that's almost just like, being surrounded right it might not be a physical army but it could be an army of emotions it could be an army of pressures that try to come and in workload and things of that nature just, but look at what she did she began to turn to the Lord because she started to feeling a, a change in herself that was not her disposition and if you know uh uh, uh Lystra I mean she's just just a joy right and so she went to the Lord and said Lord send help I need some angels assisting me. And so some people might look at that or hear that testimony and be like, ah, man, whatever. But I'm telling you, I believe it. I believe it. I know about the angelic advantage that we have. So here's, I I wanted that testimony to be put in your hearing so that way you know it's like, hey, I need to employ my faith so that way I can deploy what God has already ordained to be an advantage and of assistance to me. God, I thank you for your angels. Remember, I've, I've shared testimony about angels finding stuff for me. And I know many of you have experienced that as well. It was interesting. I remember recently hearing the testimony of Marilyn Hickey sharing something similar. There was some um, heirloom that she had left in the airport. And due to the timing of the flight, she wasn't able to retrieve it. And then she just said, Lord, I thank you for your angels bringing that back to me. And sure enough, her husband found it like in their restroom or something of that nature. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that's true. I didn't even, I'm like, oh, man, I know that's just some of the things. Deploy them. It's like, no, man, I got some angelic help. God, I pray now, open my eyes that I might see. Lord, I thank you for revealing to me, giving me a knowing on how to position, how to maneuver. God, now I also thank you for angelic assistance to help me. These are key. My goodness. Okay, so let's finish this up here. Verse 18. I think, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Verse 18. So when the Syrians came down to him, (laughs) Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. (laughs) Ha, ha. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria, actually where the king of Israel was. So it was when they had come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and, the, and they saw and there they were inside Samaria. Now, when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? But he answered you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Then he prepared a great feast for them and after they ate and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. Okay. One of our supernatural advantages, what is the first one we talked about? Somebody just say it. It's knowing, and you can ask for that. You can ask for that revelation, and God will, man, he'll give it to you. You'll have a thought that comes from him, and it's like, ah, and he'll, he'll send up, it'll be a vision or however the case, but yeah, he'll show you. The second thing, say it. We have the angelic advantage. This is part of our supernatural advantage. We have the advantage of knowing, the knowing advantage. We have the angelic advantage. Here's what I'm calling this third one, the higher ground advantage. I've been kind of alluding to it the whole time, but this isn't talking about just physical ground. This is talking about our position. But then this is also what we see here in context. This is the disposition. Here you have these people that came to attack Elisha, but Elisha took, if you will, this expression, he took the high road. So what we have the ability to be able to do, is supernatural, because it ain't natural. When there's accusations there's people attacking you, one of the things that you immediately want to do is to take revenge and attack and respond in like manner, right? Many people aren't thinking about taking the high ground. But that's just a fleshly response. What you and what we want to do, oh, this is good. (laughs) What we want to be able to do is take the high ground. That's our advantage. That's our superior position. That's our superior condition. Even in our disposition, it's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to respond in like manner. Here you came to attack me. Here you came to, in essence, with an army to uh, kill me. But now you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless you. And so now God is watching this. God is seeing this because he knows, he's like, hey, when you take the high ground, I'm going to position you to be in such an advantage, to be in such favor that I will not forget this. You taking the high ground, you not responding in the manner in which people might uh, falsely accuse you or assume something negatively about you. One of the things that you can do is just not say a word. Like, God, you know I'm not gonna defend myself because you're my defender. God, I'm not gonna take revenge because you're my avenger. Matter of fact, the Lord said this himself, he's like, look, vengeance is mine. Like, you shit tight, I got you. You go ahead, you bless your enemy and that's gonna keep heap, ho- heap coals of fire upon their head. Because what takes place in chapter seven, we're not gonna go there, but I just wanna give you just a clue of what happens. There was a famine that took place in the land. But remember, Israel, they blessed their enemies. The enemy didn't come back for a time period, but the Syrians came back again and attacked them during famine. And so now they're possessing some certain territory in Samaria. But this is what God remembers. Oh, this is what God remembers. It got to a point. It was like, oh, you're going to attack my people in famine after they blessed you? After they took the high ground, after they took the high road, so to speak. He's like, okay, so I'm going to show you the rewards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to attack them in famine, but I'm going to favor them. And that same thing in which you attack them, I'm going to favor them and give them your fortune. So what took place, there was a famine in the land, but the Syrian army, they were kind of gathered together in a place, but they heard the noise. They heard the sound of a great army. They heard the sound of a great army, and they were shook. And they just they just like, man, you know, we were surrounded by a great army. They took off. They left their tents. They left their valuables. They left their clothing. They left their weapons. They left everything. They just, they just left because they were like, look, there's a great army coming, and we're not trying to get wiped out. Now, I just personally believe that the great army that they heard was the sound of those chariots of fire and horses. They didn't see him the first time, but they heard them the second time. And so now that same thing wound up, long story short, do yourself a favor and just re- read it in detail, but long story short, that same treasure of the enemy, that same treasure of the wicked wound up being transferred. And I believe because of the Israel and Elisha telling them, "It's like, look, take the high ground. Don't kill them." In essence, was a a prophetic statement. It's like, look, if you kill them, you're going to kill the transfer. These people are going to have to come back and, and and release their goods to you because we took the high ground. That's our advantage. Yeah, we're not going to take revenge. We're going to take the high ground because God sees, God knows, and God says, no, there's going to be recompense that has to be paid back to you because some of the things that may have been stolen or some of the things that may have been accused of you, God says, look, I see it. I have not forgotten it. The things that, that that they said or the things that they did, it's going to be transferred back to you. You just continue to take the high ground you and you maintain your superior position, your superior condition. You maintain your advantage. And it's interesting because, you know, in society today, many people look at the word and as I just looked at the definition, it's like advantage was often given a sentence in a negative connotation. It's like, yeah, this person has an advantage. That person has an advantage. I'm like... It doesn't have to be negative. <laughs> an advantage can be a good thing, but most people don't like an advantage. But God says, hey, I want you to walk in the advantage. I want you to walk in more than enough so that way you can be, in a, bless- so that way you can be a blessing to people. I want you, even though it might be other people in the, in the hospital, in the ward, or whatever the case may be, but because you name the name of the Lord, I want you to walk in the supernatural advantage of healing and health. That's our advantage, but I want you to know it. I want you to know that you have an advantage. I want you to know that you have a knowing that is available to you, a greater knowing. I want you to know that you have angelic assistance. I want you to know that you can ascend to higher ground and see and proclaim and share some and release some things. And guess what? Heaven will back the words because you're walking in the knowing. It's something, the angels, the chariots, they surrounded Elisha. And as he spoke, God says, yep, I'll do it. Lord, open his eyes. I'll open his eyes. Lord, close their eyes. I'll close their eyes. Mm. God is saying, hey, I want you to be at an advantage. Oh, man, this, this, I want you to work with the advantage. Some people, just even in a natural sense, well, man, how are you getting these promotions? How are you getting these bonuses? How are you getting this and such and such happen? It's like, man, you know, I got an advantage of that I'm working with. I'm not just working by myself. <laughs> I got some help. Man, how are you hitting these targets? I got some help. Why is it that you're, how are you able to retain clients in such a situation like this? Oh, I got some help. I got favor. Man, my clients love me. How are you able to get this position and you don't even have the qualifications on your resume? I have an advantage (laughs) It's beyond race (laughs) I just have a supernatural advantage And so things have to open when you know when do you have the knowing When you know Oh, yeah can't say everything, but yeah, when you know, and I'm coming into a, just even personally, and I'm praying the same for you. I'm coming into a greater knowing of some things, and I'm like, oh Lord, this is just unshakable. It's like, oh, I like I know it, know it. Like I don't even believe it anymore. It's like I know. Why? Because I just, I just, I just, I just see it everywhere. It's just so deep. On it is so. Angered and how the enemy tried to shake it and try to lie and say this. So it's like, nah, I, I know now. It's, just, it's like a doubt can't even come to my mind. It's like, no, nope, I know. And I know without fully knowing, but I, man, what I do know is going to open up to some more knowing. But now it's deploying the angels. It's like, okay, God, I thank you, Lord, for the deployment of the angels. Want going to stay on the high ground. I'm not going to receive and walk and fall in fallen thoughts. That's a part of staying on the high ground, our supernatural advantage, to be able to operate with the mind of Christ. God, I thank you, Lord, for your mind, so that way I have, I have the right thought. I can't afford to have a thought about me that God doesn't think about me. I heard that. I believe I heard Bill Johnson. Maybe he quoted it from someone else, too. I don't know. But we can't afford to have any thoughts about us or about our situation that ain't God thoughts. No, we need them higher, them high ground thoughts. We need those thoughts that are, that keep us at the advantage. That keep us in the advantage, in our advantage position. Oh, so somebody say again, say, I have, we have, the supernatural advantage. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that Everybody under the sound of my voice, eyes are being open that they may see. Eyes of faith, eyes in the spirit realm are being open that they may see and that fear will have no place. Matter of fact, we even sung it in the song. Fear may come, but fear will leave. Fear will have no place. Somebody just say right now, say, I am not afraid. I am not in fear. I am in faith. (laughs) I am in the higher ground. I am working with my supernatural advantage. Oh, yeah. I am working with my supernatural advantage. I am working with a greater knowing. I am working with my angelic advantage. <laughs> some of y'all need to just start posting some stuff up. You need to just even print some things that God has spoken to you. Sometimes you can have it in a journal. That's good. But sometimes you need to just write something out or print it up and just post it somewhere. So that way when you see it, you can say it out of your mouth. And that continues to cultivate the environment of that situation. Yeah. And you see it, it's like, God, I thank you, Lord. I see it, I see it. And that see it is not gonna be something that frustrates you. No, that see it, that seeing is gonna be something that causes faith to rise up in you like, like never before. It's not one of those things, Lord, I see it, but I'm frustrated because it seems so far away. It's like, God, I see it, and I'm closer now than I've ever been before. Oh, yeah. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Come on, that faith, yeah, that faith is that evidence. Come on, (laughs) yeah. Come on, just beginning to shout unto God with the voice of triumph for the advantage that we have, but the advantage that we have to walk in and ascend and employ. This might sound strange, but uh, just receive this concept, this thought that we shouldn't have any angels that are unemployed Because we're not saying, and we're not declaring, and we're not walking in faith. Mm. Yeah, no, we're working with that confidence, God. What I do know, I know that I am a son. I do know that I am a daughter. I do know that I am an heir of salvation. And because of that, God, your word says that I have angelic assistance. I have the Holy Spirit who's a paraclete. I have Jesus who's praying at the right hand of the Father. Look at the assistance that you have. Look at the advantage that you and I have. So we might as well walk in victory. We might as well work with this advantage. We might as well partner with this. And as we do this, the king is like, oh, the king of kings is like, oh, it's time for me to be revealed. They're asking for knowing. They're asking for revelation. I'm going to show up and give it to them, and they're going to see me in their situation. They're going to see my hand and they're going to know my ways. That's the greatest knowing is his ways. Glory to God. (laughs) Father, we bless you, God. The eyes will continue to be open in the name of Jesus that we will see like we've never seen before. Some of you, your mouths are just going to be a gape. You're going to be like, I see it. They'd be like, oh, my gosh, and you're going to see something. It's like, man, I didn't see it before, but now I see it. That's what's going to happen. You're going to say, now I see it. And it's going to be because it's going to be the revelation that you see. You're not going to see it with your natural eyes, but you're going to so see it in the spirit, the revelation. And then it'll be just such a settlement in the spirit to be able to step forth in faith and go. You go with what you do know and not back up because of what you see in the natural, not back up because of a financial figure that might surround you like an army, say, not, nah, don't come here. Or not back up because of somebody's no. God said yes, and God says, hey, go, I'll provide. Man, you do it. Man, how can you do that? I'm working with the advantage. I'm working with my advantage. I'm stepping in my advantage. I have the advantage. I'm telling you, the more I say it, the more convinced, and it's not that I'm convincing myself, but it's more, the more it's bubbling up. I have the advantage, and it's supernatural.